podcast exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God. Hello and welcome into The Fear of God corporate offices after business hours <laughs> uh my co-worker reed is running a bit late which is par for the course but he and i are going to be convening some of our work crews to help us get through the night i am one of your colleagues for the evening nathan rouse and you you're special you get to be a part of each crew tonight if you are unsure how you ended up here just go check out the fear of god for basically anything you want to know about this here work crew well 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 what do you know there he is old sunshine himself hello reed well hello nathan you just sure seem chipper well i'm just making sure you're awake brother we got a late night tonight a long shift ahead of us oh yeah that's right it's the night shift at the fear of god all exploring no explaining except for right now hey (laughs) do me a favor um explain to our you know this we've got a new a new co-worker tonight they're gonna oh, be joining all, there. The, all yeah. the crews yeah they're gonna be joining all yeah. the crews tonight why don't you tell them a little what's on the schedule okay okay cool yeah we got two stories tonight well four if you're a patron um but four how, hmm. yeah four of them how, how are you feeling <clears throat> you all right me or yeah. them you how you feeling uh, you know uh, in truth uh i've got I'm, i've been I've been better um <laughs> you know it feels like it is just a revolving door of maladies and woes and illnesses in the uh in my home and so i bring that I'm to work sorry. with me because the kids bring yeah. it home to school and i've got mucus coming out of every thing yeah. you can imagine really i got germs um, rolling all through me all <laughs> through me <laughs> well i just i hope it's not captain trips oh no mm. no 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 wrong book but by the way but good call out good call out oh. No, it's not the wrong book. That's it. That story is on deck tonight. We're doing Night Surf tonight. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a good REM song. I like yeah. that one. Well, I think Deserves. you're thinking of uh, Night Swimming, but uh, um, you know, also, I mean, also fun. Also yes. fun. If we're if we're anything, honest, anything, anything involving you know swimming at night and you know, yeah, it deserves yeah, a quiet sure. night though. Okay, it, de- it deserves one. <laughs> Will it get yeah. it? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it remains. Well, okay. Well, who's covering night swimming, Reed? <laughs> it's night serve uh, and andy and i are covering that oh um, that sounds uh, right that's okay. that's only for the yeah yeah it's only for the patrons though uh we're exclusive covering lawn- exclusive we're covering lawnmower man too huh oh a bit of <laughs> manscaping oh let's uh, landscape uh, night swimming uh, manscaping just- you and andy are gonna have a, a good old time Man, I'm nervous now, but yeah, it gives a whole new meaning to the term grass-fed. <laughs> <laughs> or another word that rhymes with grass. Um, so, oh. am I in... <laughs> am I 
do I get the night off? Am I in anything tonight? No, you're you're in stuff. Am I actually, on any of these crews? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're on basement duty. Oh, rats. That's exactly. <laughs> but, look, but don't worry, we won't be That's long. a good Pearl uh, Jam song. Rats? It is. I uh-huh. think we've discussed. Yeah. Huh. Um, Maybe. From, the, little, from Vitalogy? Little. Is it from Vitalogy? Uh-huh. Is it, from, it is, oh, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I'll yeah. remember that later. Um, but, uh, probably not. But the good news is we won't be alone on uh, <laughs> on that story. Matt Murray and Asia are going to help us. All right. Yes. The gory grammarian and the quarterly queen. There's just alliteration mm-hmm. coming out all the mm-hmm. things. Yeah, the um, horror enneagrammarian as mm-hmm. well. So also yeah, so, right, yep. yeah, all multi, of that. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. a multi hyphenate, um, and that's, <laughs> that should be fun because that's that's old graveyard shift, huh? Yeah, that's the story. The original R O U S is you know, no, not to be uh, excuse me uh, confused with the original R O U S E's. I like what you did. I there. did yeah, that. Yeah, well, nice. you know, kind of in keeping with the uh, imagery of our conversation, I will grab the hose. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Take care of things with Andy, if you know what I mean. Oh, I will meet you in the basement, my good oh. sir. You know, oh, we're going to, yeah. Once, you, once your shift is over. Yeah, downtown. Down in the basement. <laughs> down in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> this, we're embarrassing our new co- co-worker here. To, you know, they're like, what did I sign up for? Before they start. Speaking <laughs> of starting, <laughs> let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody, to another installment of The Night Shift. Your guards on duty tonight with you are myself, Reed Lackey, and we also have the one, the only, newly inducted gory gamer, Matt Murray. Oh, my God, Matt, it's so good to see you. How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, college boy? <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome back to the basement. Not only do we have Matt, but we also have the one, the only, the often imitated, never duplicated, 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 Asia Swartz and Truber, our horror enneagrammarian. How are you, Asia? I am doing pretty good. Oh, yes, both of those things. I am both of those, and I am doing well. <laughs> That's awesome. And not to be outdone. Listen, you know, Nathan and I are not going to get to do too many of these actually with us on the same pod, but. My brother from another mother, Nathan Rouse, is right here. He's he's my partner in crime, my brother in arms, uh, my occasional thorn in my shoe that I have to work to to get oh, out there. Okay, no, just just, you can, I, uh, you can stop now. <laughs> it is good to see all of you uh, together here for this this crazy crazy story. So we are going to be talking today in this segment about the short story from Night Shift called graveyard shift um and even more than that we are going to be talking about the film from 1990 uh that was adapted and largely we'll see how we feel about it it was largely uh panned uh, across the board uh by none other than stephen king himself and most people who have really? anything to do with it yes so uh, huh. um so we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna open up with just a, a brief summation not all anything. of I know, right? It doesn't like this. Um, <laughs> so a brief summation of the story, Graveyard Shift, 
uh, talks about some people who work in a textile mill. And with the opportunity of the 4th of July week holiday coming up, uh, there's an opportunity to do a little bit of work, supplemental work that will bring some more coinage in, but they have to clear out this nasty, janky, flooded, rat-infested, that's important, rat-infested basement that they have to clear out um, and uh, as you can imagine, because this is a Stephen King story, uh, they find more down there than they bargained for. That's a brief summation of uh, the plot of the story. Uh, feel the freedom in this conversation to bounce back and forth with uh, either thoughts on the film or the story as they uh, as they come forward. But Asia, I'm coming to you first. Um, tell us to begin with uh, your history with, if this wasn't the first time you'd read it, uh, but what'd you think of the story and what'd you think of the film? Um, it was my first uh, introduction to the material. I I really like the short story. I I can't say I was enamored with it, hmm. but I was very interested in the characters um, sure. more so even than the plot. Um, hmm. I thought it was. I thought you know it's King, so it's well written. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are very compelling, whether in the direction of favorable or unfavorable even the more favorable ones being fairly kind of nebulous to highly unfavorable in this story right yeah um and the movie was garbage (laughs) 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 like Mm. I mean, Nathan was talking about, oh, Stephen King he likes he likes everything although what my husband and I were saying today was I think Reed, you gave this like what is it two stars on Letterbox, and my husband and I were like, "Whoa, Reed hates this movie." If he gave this, yeah, like, two Reed stars. gives everything fours. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I give lots and lots of fours. <clears throat> yeah, he's like okay like, with fours. There were certainly things that I that I enjoyed about it. Um, mm-hmm. There were moments when I was laughing that I don't know if I was supposed to have been laughing. Um, <laughs> it it they went in some pretty creative directions with it um but yeah in general just very large dumpster fire i think you mean very large cotton gin you know bloodied. <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah so nasty you know it it was dumpster fire in which there are like the possums have wings so yeah mm-hmm Yep, 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 yep. I will uh, unload my thoughts momentarily. But Matt, uh, what do you think of the story, and what do you think of the film? And had you read them before? Yeah, I think we've talked before that you had read Night Shift before. But what do you think? What do you, where's Graveyard Sit Shift sit for you? Yeah, I think uh, the short story is just a a nice little King short story that kind of has his flair and has his way with words. It's pretty straightforward, but it uh, he does a good job of kind of building the atmosphere and. Uh, and just kind of sets it into action. And, and that worked well. I'd uh, never seen the movie before that. So that was a theatrical release movie. That was, Oh, it was, okay. it was, okay. Okay. Oh, it was. It ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, this is the one y'all are putting out there. <laughs> like, really? That's not, okay. I mean, I was thinking maybe TV movie at least might've uh, given it some grace, but uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny to think of someone, reading that story and thinking, uh, you know, there's a 90 minute movie here and we'll just fluff it up. Um, mm. I do have, I have family in coastal Maine, so definitely the accents, uh, kind of, uh, were very nostalgic for me, brought me back a little bit, but, uh, other than that, uh, <laughs> is that what they know. were? That's what they were. 
Because yeah. Warwick, Warwick's accent specifically was very confusing to me. Well, come on. This is a King him as well. trope. Like, you know, <laughs> this is Judd Crandall, but worse. You know, like yeah. this is any any deep main king character i uh, are you gonna go and do the thing of that you know come on mr hall college boy but you could see him you could see the actor playing warwick yeah, oh, yeah. thinking about the accent before he remembered the line you could see him i swear to god i paused a couple of times because yeah. i swear i thought i saw him look over to the frame and be like uh yeah <laughs> yeah it's like, 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 it very yeah. theatrical very theatrical uh, yes. I think the oh, very performative was the the bully lackey guy i think he had the best accent not the mm-hmm. main bully uh roman but his buddy i think he had the best uh, yeah that's he was yeah, I, think, I think you're talking about andrew divoff aren't you the the one who played wishmaster is that the one you're referring to he's I'm got that sure. he's got uh a, a, a long hair and he's uh kind of a brutish build is that the one you you're mean mikhail to? from lost yeah mikhail from lost is the is yeah. the same uh-huh. guy but um but that's oh, who I thought I. you were invoking because I actually like him in this, yeah. but I like him in everything. Yeah. I'm prone to like him. So, so, right. and uh, yeah, I'll get to my thoughts in a second. Nathan, what did you think? Well, about I want to know your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know my thoughts? Okay. I will see anything Brad Dourif is in. I, I love that man. I want, I want to meet that man someday. Like I'll, I'll see anything that Brad Dourif is in. And to be honest, when he's on screen, I'll be like, Ooh, <laughs> uh, Dourif's on screen. I'm, I'm but, excited. You know, like what was he doing it, there though? I don't know. <laughs> it felt like it really, it really, really felt like they were like, Ooh, uh, Brad Dourif asked if he could be in a Stephen King movie. What have we got on the docket? Well, we got graveyard shift. Like, Okay, can you write him a character in there? Sure. Make sure he cries that one tear that one time. Like that. Sure <laughs> you no, know, like that'll that'll be good. Where he's talking about like exterminating rats and everything. But I was just yeah, he's and he's nowhere in the story. He's not. I mean, right. there are multiple characters in the film that are no, that are nowhere in the story. Um, for the benefit mm. of the listeners, I don't know if the listeners have read it or not. Mm, but um, but he's nowhere in the story. He's only in the film. And yeah, I mean, I love the man, but I feel like his last lines in the film were Duriff's personal feelings about the project. Like, man, this ain't worth it. Like, <laughs> just, I, don't, I don't know what any of this is worth it. So, so no, I mean, so about the story, my, my feelings, thoughts on the story. Um, I love when King can do this because one thing that King is less good at these days is in and out short, pulpy nightmares. And I feel like that's what this is. You know, this is a story you can read in a half hour. You can read it on your lunch break It'll give you the frights. It's got the nefarious characters. It's got, uh, t- I forget which one of you had mentioned the atmosphere. It's definitely got a good atmosphere. Uh, so it's quick. It's fast. It's, it's, it's strong to that end. And it doesn't waste any time. Like once we're done, we're done. And then we're out of there. Um, and I feel like for as much as I love King, uh, these days, he doesn't quite know how to keep that brisk of a pace as it was. So I'm very, very fond of the short story. I think it's just great vintage King. Um, and then this film is a misfire for me on nearly every level. I have not yet re-rated it for my rewatch because I don't know if I'm going to bring it down to one star. I It was work for me to go through this film this time again. And, and I was actually excited. I was I signed myself up for this segment, y'all. Like I signed myself up because I was like, ooh, I haven't seen Graveyard Shift in a minute. I don't remember <laughs> liking it. But maybe maybe I'll like it better this time. And 30 minutes in, I was like, you know, Joe Bluth, like I have made a terrible mistake this is this is not a movie that i enjoy almost again love brad duraf i really like andrew divoff i think he's you know really really talented so i just enjoy when he's on screen 
I'll give some love to the creature design as well. I think the creature mm-hmm. is 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 pretty cool in this. Um, but unfortunately, all of those elements are wrapped up in a pretty abysmal script, a really plotting for me kind of kind of narrative, and um, and it just has it just has no cohesive rhythm to it. I just I just feel it's 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 almost like I'm having to drag myself through it. I'm more interested in the rats than I am in yeah. almost any of these characters. Uh, the like. I actually care about them in this film. I'm like, don't kill the rats. Like, come on. But <laughs> that's not the way I'm supposed to feel about this story. Um, so anyway, that's my thoughts on it. Nathan, uh, we've, we've deferred enough. What do you, what do you think? Hmm. You know, in the six years of fog history, listeners will have developed, um, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, a potentially um, a perception of Reed as the uh, uh, consummate diplomat, one who will <laughs> extend grace and generosity in any direction. And, you know, somehow I get sort of painted with the more acerbic brush of, you know, opinionated opinionathan. And um, <clears throat> I just I just want to point out, you know, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, we talked about the Batman a couple weeks ago. And like, we just just like uh, just beat that one up like, you know, yeah. a, a, a crazy psycho Bruce Wayne turned wow. Batman with <laughs> wasn't with, that brutal, but with you know, daddy. Issues. I am vengeance. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you are. You are vengeance. And we're like, come on, vengeance. And here we are again. I'm just like, listen, y'all. There's no, there's like two good King movies. I don't know what you wanted. And <laughs> I don't know why you ex- <laughs> here. I'm for the record. I'm going to read my three star letterboxd review. It that says, too high. what can I say? I didn't expect much and got more than I expected. Strong creature design, effective kills, Brad Dourif chewing scenery and spitting tobacco. What else can you ask for? It is gross. It is dumb. But that is what you're agreeing to when you hit play. Listen, y'all. Now, what? What do you got? What? what? It's not, I, that is no, a, it's I will good, say. But sh- I, that's my take right now. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. Queen, I defer. Miss Queen. I defer. <clears throat> Polish that crown for a sec. Uh, wow. You know, wow. like. I don't know what you want when you're like, yes, the it starts with a dude just like smacking his hand into a nail. Like he actively does that. And I'm like, okay, this is what we've got now. And oh yeah. And I don't know. I I I am going to be the graveyard shift defender. And it's a dumb movie, but I don't really know why you you wanted more when history tells us that what the shining and that's oh, about it for king uh adaptations flanagan no no i'm i'm saying of strong king film adaptations and i'm saying come on there are at least a dozen great okay king but the trend is definitely not in the positive <laughs> uh anyway mm. I, I i i don't even like super like the movie but on an afternoon when i wasn't feeling great and i needed to check a box i was like <laughs> that was dumb but i kind of kind of dug it for what it was didn't know all the the rats were going to show up with their teeth and claws and just be like nathan i'm you in the cotton gin you know <laughs> like the, the dang, content, y'all let me get my slingshot listen okay you're gonna have your moment age i'm gonna give you your moment but wow i'm i'm developing a new segment for the fear of god right here oh boy uh we've got that ain't right right that's a thing but now we're going to have only in horror hashtag only in horror moments that exist in the movies we watch that are so stupid, asinine, gross, possibly dumb that only in the horror genre could these things exist. Y'all at the end of this movie, 
your boy, college boy, takes a soda can, arms a slingshot with a soda can, fires it across the room at a button that's going to mm-hmm. activate the cotton gin that's going to. <laughs> I can't even yeah. finish it. Only in horror can a college boy slingshot who who looks, you know, 35 like why are we calling him college boy uh uh and and the the giant well-designed man bat his friggin weird gross tail is stuck in the gin it winds him up because college boy hit the button and it eviscerates him only in horror i kind of loved it because it was so stupid (laughs) that is my hot take on a movie that's (laughs) 30 years old 33 years old asia please what did you want to say it is now your turn there was there was um I think, I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't have watched the trailer because I think mm. that set me up for a very different movie because the trailer actually makes it look halfway decent. Mm. Um, I don't think I've seen the trailer. I'll have to go watch it. I'll probably have a better time than I did watching the movie. Probably I did. I <laughs> like, but I also, I don't know when I'm going to be able to slip it in. So I just wanted to have any excuse at all and make sure I did to use the phrase crack house secret of NIM, because that's going to be my subplot, you know, my subheading yeah. for this movie. See? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only an oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crack house secret of NIM. I love it. I love it so much. Well, and the tagline on this poster. Oh, man. The tagline on this poster says Stephen King. Took you to the edge with the shining and pet cemetery. This time he pushes you over. And I was like, oh, you don't mean what you think you mean. No. <laughs> when, when when you say that. <laughs> That's not what well, what's fun? the poster for. art is pretty good. I liked it. Oh, the poster art's great. Has nothing to do with the movie, but the poster art is great. That's right. one of those like old B movie tropes where we're like, hey, we have this cool poster. Can you make a movie around it? It's like, oh yeah, we got something we can throw on that. Uh um, but yeah. I do I do gotta throw out that. I will own that there was a moment where I think I was taking notes and I looked up and Brad Dourif was dead. And I was like, what happened? Right. <laughs> like, I totally missed. Why, why, why is he now buried under a coffin? <laughs> He's just never spoken of again. I like he just but that it. scene makes no sense because no, it does not, not. I don't even know what he was there to do. I don't know why he <laughs> continued to make that thing slips seven times before <laughs> right. it crushes him. But he's still like, <laughs> I'm going to make it this time. I'm going to make it around the thing. Like and it's still, it's like I'm give that man an like, award. I know it's almost like teasing him. It's almost like Trudging. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get yeah. you. And he's like, oh no, I'm just, okay. I'm going to just gonna still do this. Okay, I'm going to still do this. All while saying it is ain't worth it. But right. he doesn't. He doesn't retreat. He's just like, oh no, okay. And so then, yeah, that that stone slab, that big concrete, whatever it is, tombstone, whatever, just like slides forward and crushes his face. It's just mm-hmm. like, and I don't even. Know. <laughs> which, which, to be fair, is a creative kill. Just sure, not, sure. not given the uselessness of this character that you have given us of like the actor who had by this time already done Chucky. It's like you yeah. you hand him to us and then you go, nope. <laughs> that's right oh my god no it's a, it's a i don't know i think if you just watch this as like a workplace comedy it really works <laughs> the office theme song behind it you'd have to you'd have to watch it as a drinking game for bad accents and about yeah. 20 minutes in you will love this movie you'll be like oh my god it's so great well oh, if i may i do believe now it is time for the part of the show where we discuss things that aren't just wrong but of which might be said, 
That ain't right. Sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> you did better Which, than the lead actor yeah, of this film. I didn't have to think about it because see, a real actor thinks on the fly. <laughs> okay, uh, if you, I, I just want to throw out here: this is why this is a spectacular movie. Is that ain't right? As a segment, read we often shorthand to tar. Well, tr backwards is the word rat, and so here we are. With, <laughs> that ain't right. Yeah, Matt, uh, not a rat, but go tell me. <laughs> Tell us there's enough here for maybe two rounds of, of what is your top. That ain't right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, um, I mean, the first one that came to mind was uh, the one black character. What's his name? Carmichael. Carmichael. Yeah. Carmichael. Yeah. He, sticking his arm in, you know, not a good move. <laughs> Pulls out the, the bloody stump and start waving <laughs> it around while bits of flesh go flying, <laughs> hitting other actors as he's gesturing around as wildly as he can. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, that was that was it's my. It's like a whirly gig. <laughs> oh, no. I I haven't had my arm bitten off, but I don't think my first instinct would be to gesture wildly with it and splatter people with my gore. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just try to flag someone down with the wrong arm no no no. use the other one guys yeah. guys, guys my arm it's not here anymore guys that's beautiful oh my god that's funny uh asia <laughs> what's it. what's one for you honest okay so the, as gnarly and like nat like effectively nasty as this movie is the one part that i couldn't get out of my head because to me it grossed me out so much the guy <laughs> at the beginning the rat urinates on the chair and he cleans it up with the cotton that he then proceeds to toss <clears throat> into the cotton gin. It's that's <laughs> like, disgusting. That's that's the product. It's gonna be one lucky owner I, of a shirt, you know. I, oh yeah. <laughs> again, Somebody's gonna get that shirt. Somebody's gonna get that shirt. And they're gonna be like, This is weird. Why do you smell like piss? <laughs> <laughs> rats i took a shower it's like no 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 that's it that's it <laughs> yeah i mean this is the same dude that was feeding the rats into the gym though right so i mean yes. I don't know if- and yes. talking to them like they should have yes. known better like he was having this full-on like you see look what i'm gonna do i mean like dude yeah. first yeah. of all if they're cognizant enough to register what you're saying they gonna get you that is right. happening okay yeah. if they can register everything you're telling them <laughs> revenge is imminent so by that yes. point in you're kind of like, oh, you seem highly expendable and I kind of hope you are because you suck. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't miss you. Yeah. But nope. No, nope. didn't miss him at all. Reed, what's one for you? Oh my god, there's so many. Um we'll do this. Here- we'll snake draft. You do you, I'll do two, and then we'll go back, go back around. Okay. All right, all right. So so what I'm gonna say is just so many shots in this movie of just rivers of nasty. Just yeah. lots and lots of brown water carrying things in it that just don't have substance or sometimes do have substance and just flowing all around them. And I was just like, I want a bath and I've had two today. So I don't I don't know what to do now with all of these different shots of these just nasty rivers of goopy, globby brown gluck. It ain't right. And there's like 
uh, two dozen shots of just that in this movie. I hate it. Just rivers of nasty. That's my that ain't right. Hmm. I'm going to go with as one of mine when (laughs) when the girl just she just falls down the stairs. (laughs) I was like, what happened? (laughs) It is the most poorly lit scene. Yeah, <laughs> it really and looks like is. she just takes a turn and she just yes. goes down the stairs. Yes, yeah. there's no monster, there's no jump, no. there's nothing there to creep her out. Does she break a heel? Like, show me something, some reason. Or <laughs> well, no, nope. I, actually, I take it back. I don't want to because I love so much. That actually should be that's so right. Because I was like, I wanted to stand up and clap. Like y'all, you you did that and you left it <laughs> in, and and you know this is either the most brilliant cinematic choice. You know, because it's just such a dumb character move. What I love is she just, you know, as viewers, especially those of us who enjoy the horror genre, you're usually keyed to something's going to happen. Like there might be an audio cue. There might be some editing that's tipping you off. Psychologically, the thing is coming. They got me. I was like, I did not see your girl just just walking down the hall (laughs) and and just has a just goes narcoleptic. And step falls to the right and down. down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that shot in Royal Tenenbaums where Danny Glover just appears, just disappears out of frame. <laughs> See, Wes Anderson gets it. Um, oh, God, it's so yes. funny. So I just love that she just just does that. Um, I'm gonna do it. Um, technic, I actually really like this. Like the, that ain't, Oh, I like it in that it's funny and stupid, weird at the same time. Doris story of the VC rats is just like <laughs> chef's kiss. I mean, mm-hmm. I would believe that they just said, Hey, Brad, just spin us a yarn, you know, and he just starts a story about his Vietnam buddies and, and ends it with rats gnawing through their guts. And, uh, yeah. Then does a spit in his spittoon. I loved it. Yeah. I get it. it. I get it. It ain't right. Reed, what about you? So You're my next. second, my second that ain't right actually is not from the movie. It's it's <clears> from <throat> the story. Um, but it's just generally like so the the story uh progresses in many similar ways to the film. There are many more characters in the film, but the story, the general major beats are there, except for the specifics of some of the characters and their motivations. Well, in the story, as Hall and Warwick are making their way down, and he just sort of, you know, surrenders and, and forces Warwick into this sacrificial thing just to be fed to this thing. But as if that's not enough, like then also King decides, like, yeah, but that was that was a really terrible and inhumane thing to do. So we're gonna let them get him too. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. like is like he doesn't get away. And this just progression of about two and a half pages. Uh, uh, almost indulgent of King just describing rats consuming these two characters. I was like, oh my God, how long does this go? Um, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, so just perpetual. And then I kind of love, so it's it's an ain't right pivoting into a so right. So that's, it's all from the story. So after like indulging us with two and a half pages of gore and viscera, then there's like a couple of paragraphs. So the rest of the guys going like, should we go after him? Yeah, let's go after him. And that's how the story ends. <laughs> it's just like, let's go after him. I was like, yep. Okay. All right. You've made your point. <laughs> You've made your point. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my, that ain't right. My second one, Matt, what's your next one? Um, 
My next one would be uh, when uh, Warwick and his grand evil finale uh, stabs our female lead and just keeps that stabbing. was like, wild. They, <laughs> they, you know, they want to make sure you know, like this is she's not surviving. <laughs> like he just keeps going up. Like he he guts her completely. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then. So I, when 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 she when he goes to, uh, when Hall goes to her at the end, I'm glad she didn't have any last words because I was like, no, you're you're gone. Like there's no there's um, nothing left at that point. Yeah, she doesn't even yeah. have lungs at that point. He was he mm-hmm. was butchering yeah. her so much. Was, I feel like that was, was that was like the tenth take where they're like, you know, it's kind of ambiguous. You know, why don't you you know really really let us know that uh, you that know, actor you, you was like, hey, I got an idea. Can I, I try got- something? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's um, awful. yeah, yeah. That was- yeah. Yeah, that was and rough. I hated that. And I hated that they killed this. That's a completely fabricated character. It's new mm-hmm. to the movie, so so it also feels, it also feels like kind of slimy. That like, okay, you've introduced this character. It's not what, kinda, like yeah. If, if there's you. any yeah, if there's any character here that we get close to caring about, like mm-hmm. it might be her. And you're right. gonna do that to her? Really? That's yeah. what it's gonna be? No, I just yeah, I hated that. Hated but then. It. At least we get the the moment at the end where Hall kills Warwick, right? Oh, wait, no, no. Warwick gets this hero moment where he yeah. somehow decides to man up and attack this giant rat and I'll see you in hell or whatever. I mean, it's so what, confused. What, what is the thought process there? Oh, there may not be one. <laughs> right. Like, it's, yeah, it's nasty. Asia, what's your next thing, right? Again, I'm not even going with another nasty, gnarly one. But if I had to listen to Brogan screaming while yeah, posing was... down stuff any longer. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. Why do you think we get it? Why do you think we want to hear this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just. OK, yeah. I guess this is. I don't know what the point is. Oh, no. Why just. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> please this was really There's cotton I, everywhere just stick it in your ears you know silencio bruno he's holding that hose like it's a gatling gun like he's just like he is like <laughs> look at me yeah. with water. Oh. he's just taking out his ancestral trauma on anything and everything and is being cleansed thoroughly and just oh screaming for no discernible reason and i was yeah. like Oh, I think that was probably the moment in the movie where I kind of stopped paying a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Fair. You know, there's often like, you know, you're trying to hang on and see what you can, what can we salvage? And certainly there were, there were definitely salvageable things after that point, but that was kind of the moment where my brain just went like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> and- it's a self-defense mechanism is what it was. Yeah, it's just it was. like, okay, can't take anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's one oh of those my. moments when as fans of media, you're just like, huh, there are better ways to spend my life. You know, like <laughs> I, I shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shout out to Brogan. I, I do. I'm pretty, I'm like 99.9% positive, but uh, he's got a very lengthy IMDb um, catalog and I struggled to find it, but I'm pretty sure he plays detective burst from the episode pusher of X-Files read, which we covered in our really? very first TV section uh series yeah hmm. x-files and lost getting some love um that's awesome awesome that's been the part of the show where we talk about things that aren't just wrong but i wish might be said there's a rat 
that sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> There's a rat. Ooh, daddy rat. You Ooh, daddy rat. <clears throat> oh, man. So um, I don't think there's much, but I never want to be too uh, categorically dismissive. Was there any is there any nugget of theme, any any sort of thing that somebody was watching this and be like, you know what? Uh, nevertheless, I walked away with this. Any anything? I mean, it definitely gets you thinking. So like. What I it's what started as just the question of I asked my husband, I'm like, so how much would you have to get paid to go down there? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of evolved more into this larger thought of when is it worth like how much of yourself is worth giving mm. for any for anybody, you know, per, in obviously in this situation, it's a, you know, highly undeserving employer um but even like the the other gal who was added to the story who uh destroys warwick's car to me it Mm -hmm. was kind of like if you're to the point where you're going to do that to your boss's car you're to the point where like you quit and you're not (laughs) you're not going back to do anything else for or maybe even to him at that point you're just you're you leave and you never come back um, yeah, consider this my resignation letter. <laughs> yeah, yes. which yeah. good more power to you. I mean, in that mm-hmm. in that situation, but it yeah, it really it did get me thinking of you know Brad. You know Brad Dourif said it. It's not worth it, but he found out too late, as did a whole bunch of other characters. So it's mm-hmm. just that question of how how much can you take before you have to just shake the dust off your feet and say no, this is not this is not worth it. And mm. I don't, you don't deserve anything more from me. It's a very that, salient question. Well, and that is it. Workplaces. Mm-hmm. But, in, and, and I would say, I think what's interesting is that version of conversation has come up a lot in different contexts in my life recently, where it's just this idea of like, okay, well, you have to make your choices about, value and and like where you're going to place value in a thing and uh certainly if something is being asked of you um that feels like it's not appropriately reciprocal or that it's not appropriately framed in terms of like why are you asking this of me or why why does this have to be done um and one it's like it's not quite it's not quite the identical question but i did think about that kind of thing in the context of the fact that they have to go down into the basement. It's like uh, the, the, the idea, the concept of a basement is this idea of like, well, that's where we shove everything down. That's where all the, the mess is. That's where all the storage is. I mean, some people mm-hmm. live in houses with very, very nice, you know, furnished basements that they've turned into basically additional rooms in their home. But, you know, it wasn't too long ago that we covered Barbarian and there's a lot of junk in that basement. And I feel like the concept of just what's underneath and what's down below. And I do feel like Asia pivoting off of your question that there are people who the only way they can find to deal with the stuff in their basement is to coerce cleanup crews of everybody else. And so then they they vampire off of everybody else to like, Hey, you're my cleanup crew. And, and that can be emotional. That can be mental. That can be like, you know, spend time with me or, you know, validate me or whatever it is. And it's like, dude, you got a lot of work to do in your basement and you're the one going to have to clean it out. (laughs) Like people, 
People can't go down there and just keep getting sucked into because what happens, I mean, we're pivoting off of a very cheap, exploitative little horror <laughs> thriller, but because what happens is like that, well, they're just they're just going to get sucked into that mire and they're either going to get churned up by it with their own sort of trauma that they'll have to deal with or they're going to leave. Like there's no getting around you having to clean the basement yourself instead of trying to leech a, a, a cleanup crew from everybody else. And I do find that, I mean, I don't know that the film deserves that much thoughtful consideration, but it's it's something that I think is worth pondering on its on its merits, as it were. Mm-hmm. Matt, Nathan, what you guys think about that? I think you're just reading my mail, but you know. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely something to, <clears throat> especially the story kind of presents this idea of like it's ever consuming. Like a group goes down, they get killed, and then we send another group down, and they killed. It's kind of like a you know this this endless sacrificing of everything mm-hmm. um, that I think can be applied to certain areas of our life, whether it's career or other things that might just take take take, and at the end of the day, you've got nothing to show for it, and uh, and you thought you were you know, you thought you were uh, trying to achieve something and there was really nothing in the end to show for it. And and so there's definitely yeah. something, uh, you know, a little pessimistic uh, maybe about that, uh, but uh, um, definitely a, a word warning, you know, of, uh, of not to throw yourself into that and lose it all. Yeah. Cause I think it's important to know why we do what we do and there's all kinds of completely valid reasons why we do what we do. Uh, plenty of people, uh, devote their time and energy to a job they don't enjoy because that particular job either affords them things that they do enjoy or like, okay, well, this, this, while I don't like this part of things, this permits me to do this. And, and that's a balance that can be healthy. And then there's also the, the people who get stuck into a bit of a mired cycle of like, I, I don't know where I'm going to find this relief. And if you, if you can't find the inputs that are, uh, able to balance out value, then yeah, it's just you're 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 just going to constantly well, you run the risk of becoming that person who's just going to constantly look for value elsewhere, and uh, you're going to be trying to find it in places that are more hollow and are not going to be as rewarding, and it's going to become that kind of like we've talked about on the show many times before that kind of appetite that can never be satiated. Like you're just going to keep throwing things at it, and and like a janky cotton gin it's just going to keep mushing it up but you know it's not going to stop it's just going to keep on chewing and chomping away and um and i think like i said this film is not necessarily interested in positing that as a concept in the way its characters progress but uh there's some visual imagery some metaphorical imagery that i think is definitely evocative of those kind of considerations and that can be valuable regardless of the feelings about the film um Nathan, what what say you? Maybe as a final bo- button, or maybe as something different. What you got? Um, no, I mean, I think I think what you have said is is very valuable and and may may take to heart. Um, uh, I did love in the movie. This is this is pivoting right back to the surface. I'll own it, but uh, <laughs> when. She says, I can't remember her name, the, the the woman character's name. She says to Hall, she says, I bet your wife isn't happy about you working through the night. And he just goes, <laughs> my wife's dead. And like, that's it. Like, they're, they're, it is so nonchalant. It is so throwaway. I'm like, uh, 
like it doesn't even signal an interior feeling at all about the statement (laughs) i I like where they're driving and she's like oh where are you from he's like west virginia oh wow west virginia oh Oh. i've heard that's for lovers no no that's virginia no that's the regular virginia Can I can I quick uh one of the reasons that I was so frustrated with this movie because I must not have paid very close attention to the trailer because so you read the story and then I hear even before I see the trailer that Brad Dourif is in the movie. Mm -hmm. I wrongly assumed that Brad Dourif being Brad Dourif was going to play Hall. Sure. Or was going to sure. play like the drift, you know, the lead right. drifty character, right. because quite frankly, <clears throat> the movie kind of just changes him from this very kind of complex, fascinating, confusing character to just some guy. Mm-hmm. And the drifter. The and Brad Dourif, in my head, would have been a really, really great translation of that the drifter character with this very nebulous moral compass. No doubt in in an in an adaptation i think that would have been sensational and so to to go from having that mental wrong expectation to what we got was just you know multiple pegs of disappointment so but that that was the movie i i i imagined and i like mm-hmm. to imagine it still exists in my heart somewhere there's a parallel like, universe where that where he got cast as that and i want to mm-hmm. i want to see that i want to see that movie what like i would believe one, I think Reed, it might have been you that the the proposition of did Dourif just hear you're in a King movie. I believe it wasn't even that. It was simply Brad probably knew the director. He happened to get this cool outfit that he'd just gotten from the the surplus store, and he's like, "Hey, we're shooting. You know, it's not in there, but we can throw it in there. We, we'll give you a a, a a professional name, the Exterminator. Uh, yeah. Give you this this little monologue here. You know, we we've got carte blanche to kind of." vamp a little bit and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll exit you halfway so it doesn't muss with you know the the spine of the story like i would believe that it was just dwarfs around and uh he has some yeah something fancy he wants to show off on screen i want to give the movie some grace just from you know it's dated you know but sure. but then i think <clears throat> of like around the same time same vein of this movie you have arachnophobia which is excellent <laughs> You know, and still holds up now. And it's like, you know what? It, that's not an excuse. You know, it was 1990, <laughs> but you still could have made something, you know, substantial. And oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like even even the datedness of this, even the you know, Nathan came out guns a blazing like there's only one good Stephen King movie. I'm like, man, Shawshank <laughs> Redemption is three years from now. Like, come on, like this, there's there's good things to be made out there, but it's just this was this was a completely the film itself was was uh feels like just a sequence of wasted opportunities and i even thought and this was this was bad i even thought like man i wonder if they would approach remaking this because like really the only similarity is like the title but in cabinet of curiosities they got freaking graveyard rats that little one hour short was like fantastic i loved that thing and so, like, you you can create the atmosphere, you can do the thing and make it kind of pop. Um, and there was a part of me that's like, ooh, I'd love to see them do that again. And I was like, but, man, but this this almost feels like an exercise of, like, we will not go there again, okay? We, we've all got 
memories of how bad this was. So we're just not going to do that anymore. But I would like yeah. to defend myself a little bit here and just say, <laughs> you aren't wrong. I wasn't thinking of Shawshank, but what I was isolating is the notion of King horror. And more than that, Darabont himself kind of breaks the mold here. If we're talking about the preponderance That's of fair. King That's adaptations, fair. the trend mm-hmm. is still quite on the red in the red darabont being a very that's, clear that's exception okay to that okay nathan okay. <laughs> i will i will join your cleanup crew i will go into your you are you are valid you are you have thank opinions you. that are worthwhile and i'm right, <laughs> 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 um, so unless anybody has anything uh burning or particularly stinking to say about uh about this film uh we can we can leave it there we don't do the fog meter for these little segments because it's just kind of kind of kind of not quite that that tone that vibe but uh anybody got anything else before we before we wrap it up i'll just i'll just say it's just kind of it's uh i don't know depressing it's just so wild to think about like the months of work that went into something like this like Mm. the casting the acting like people are excited to get cast in this movie like it's like oh wow like it's we made a movie and then oh my god this is what comes from it it's like no lasting impression no a like, shirt that smells like rat piss it's like okay so i'm gonna call myself out and ring the bell on myself for just a second but like <laughs> kelly wolf to pay back off your i bet kelly wolf is calling her mom and be like mom i'm in a movie i'm in a movie right. and it's just like all that stuff getting made like, oh this is, <laughs> this is not good but i'm gonna call myself out i said her character wasn't in the film or wasn't in the story she was in the story i forgot yes. that's that's wisconsin that's the they just that. they just turned they turned they gender swapped so she's wisconsin uh, from the story i but that, never would have put that together yep yep yeah. i didn't uh, yeah and honestly i, I don't did. know if they ever, oh you did oh yep. i'm stupid See, that's why you liked uh, that was the difference you know. that's why you liked the movie none of us liked the movie because yeah. we didn't get that she's wisconsin so, it was such uh, a rich embodiment of the yeah. text that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a bold, bold move. Yeah, bold change. Indeed, yeah. strong. Indeed, indeed. Um, I mean, hey, well, listen. Uh, if you're ever sitting around and you got a can of soda, soda pop, and you got a slingshot and a giant gin mill, and some monster mutant ancient bat is trying to attack you, you know what to do. So I, I can't think of a worse thing to shoot in a slingshot either than a <laughs> empty can. And how <laughs> stupid! Right. Hey. <laughs> I'm owning it. It's so dumb. Yeah. Like, why do you even have this? What are we doing here? But so dumb. it just breaches that horizon line where I'm like, just Calgon, take me away. You know? But man, when he when he was eyeballing that trigger at the in the final frame, like, you know, he's got one can left. Like, oh, yeah. Is, is it going to be Coke? He was saving that Pepsi? cold can of soda pop. That's nope. right. This is this is the real Pepsi challenge right here. Is like, okay, can we, can we, get, can we hit that button with this thing? I half expected like a Survivor song to kick in or something like this. Is I know this is like 1990, but like half expected like some big rock anthem, like you know, like you can do it, you can do it, you can hit that button. That that big giant man bat ain't gonna survive while you've got that can of Pepsi and that slingshot around, man. It's not gonna happen. What would have been better? The best finale is if he'd missed <laughs> and then it just cuts to him and he just goes rats yeah. <laughs> you the credits, <laughs> the credits. <laughs> where then over top of the screeching yeah they could they continue to replay <laughs> lines from the movie like randomly and over like the a, credits kind oh of a yeah, rhythmic, yeah. Credits, rhythmic yeah. remixy <laughs> 
I was, I, I even wrote down, I was like, oh, new, you know, Fog theme song nomination is just the credits. Graveyard shift. <laughs> oh my God. It's so, yeah, it's so jacked, so jacked up. But it's been a lot of fun to talk about. I, yeah, I will yeah. not deny that at all. So that's uh, for what it's worth. That, that's that. Thank you, Asia. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Nathan. We'll see uh, you guys yep. all next time around. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs>
Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm just going to play my cards. And y'all are welcome to react and and throw darts at me for whatever uh, you don't like about this. But but I actually prefer the movie to the story. Boo this man! I don't I don't think the movie's good, <laughs> but I prefer it to the story. That is fascinating. <laughs> Who wow. are you, and what have you done with Blake? Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting for Blake to do like. Would, the, would, would you like to hear my Donald plus like? Actually, yeah. like, that's not Donald is, I'm, I'm about to turn into Donald Pleasance in Halloween Five. Right, he's I, lost I, his <laughs> mind and he wants to kill something. Yep. So here, Donald here's Pleasance in that Australian movie you had me watch, Awake and Fright. Yeah, yep. that, was a, that was a crazy film. But we are not talking about the Ian. Okay, right, sorry. We are okay, talking sorry. about the Mangler from 1995, right. directed by Toby Hooper, one of the greatest directors of all time. We're already off the rails here. Maybe. <laughs> um, so let let me just lay my lay out my case. Sure. It is it is. I I understand. I'm going to be in the minority here, but <clears throat> I am okay with schlock. I actually love schlock, and the story, The Mangler by Stephen King, has the potential for being a really fun short story, but he takes it too seriously. I cannot read it without thinking, you're not quite willing to go full force into the concept of this story. You're pulling back some. Whereas I fully believe that Toby Hooper was like, gloves off, I am going to bring the mangler alive as some kind of weird, creepy, mechanical creature chasing people through a sewer in the final 10 minutes of the movie. And you know what? I applaud Toby Hooper. Now, that being said, that being said, I will say I went into this film, the first five half to two thirds of the film, I actually kind of found myself enjoying it. And that weird kind of like B movie, 1950s horror film kind of way. Um, where everyone's overacting, way. everyone's overacting, everything is a little bit too much. Um, a little bit, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, including Robert England, who I think should get an award for this. Uh, what award? I'm just kidding, that was a joke. <laughs> uh, but I will say that it, it, it loses some steam in the final third, uh, and yes, pun intended. Um, whenever we get into the actual, like, you know, stopping the mangler from taking the final sacrifice. Okay. We're getting into typical territory of really bad nineties horror, basically. Um, but I will say Ted Levine, he's, he is eminently watchable in this movie. (laughs) I mean, he's the one who kept me in the film. I was not, I went into this film, not expecting to like it. And I kind of like Ted Levine in this movie. <laughs> no one else. The rest of them suck. But well, Ted Levine, man, I'm good with it. Okay, so that is my piece. Carry on. I mean, my thing, I, I, I kind of have the opposite reaction in terms of, I, I actually really like the short story. And I think I like it for the same reasons that you don't. I think the reason it works for me is precisely because he takes it seriously and doesn't mm. 
Yeah. It, it, if, if you, if you tried to point out how crazy this idea is, it wouldn't work. But the fact that it's matter of fact is what made it believable to me. And, Mm. and of course it's got the classic King touch that it's always the English professor or the English, the high school English teacher. Who's the guy you go to for your one-stop shop or demonology or whatever other any lore (laughs) that you need. But yeah, I, I, I thought the, the, the short story was very effective. It's one of my favorites in the collection. Um, And even the, the, the totally absurd thing where they go to the girl's house to ask her whether she's a virgin, which, which really should not work because he tells you in advance, it's going to be ridiculous, but the way they make it, I don't know. It's just kind of, (laughs) kind of, he, he writes it in a way that I found it believable. And again, only because it's set in the 70s. If you did that today, you'd be like, what? Well, but also, <laughs> credit where credit's due. The scene in the movie where they do that is laugh out loud hilarious. Because the English professor or the woo-woo, like, new age guy that's his next-door neighbor slash brother-in-law. Supernatural he, whatever. he, like, turns around after being told not to, not to ask it. And he's like, wait, are you a virgin? And this, like, kind of like you know, like fraternity guy kind of way. Are you a virgin? But that's the thing. And I laughed out loud. I, 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 I mean, I look. Taste it's your taste is your thing. But my, <laughs> my, my problem with Mangler is my problem with most of the Stephen King movies that don't work is that it loses yep. the thing that he does best. The characters are terrible, and except for Ted Levine. I, 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 even Ted Levine, nope, who I, I normally, I normally love, I, in this, <laughs> I just felt was just, yeah, everybody's just acting. It's just a lot of screaming and nonsense. And it, it's the thing about King is that his, his, you know, his, his supernatural stuff in mo- in many cases is just kind of derivative, but what makes it work is that he, he imbues it with these characters that you care about. And, you know, he plays, he plays fair with the stuff, but in the movies, it's like you lose the good character stuff and then they amp up the, I mean, I said this in, in, we did an, when we were talking about them, um, sometimes they come back as well. It's the same issue where if you take the characters out of it, then all that's left is this kind of pulpy stuff. That's, that's like bad, um, you know, uh, bad Ted Raimi. And, and I, <laughs> I mean, you know, Robert England is like, if, once you see Robert England's name in the credits, you know what you're going to get. It's going to yeah. be like, yeah, yeah. stepped on Freddy Krueger. And the, the, the whole, the, the laundromat is like a parody of, you know, you know, capitalism gone awry. It's like this horrible sweatshop. And, you know, mm-hmm. of course, the women are all in sleeveless, you know, sleeveless things. And I guess that would make sense if it's, if it's hot in there. But of course, it's just because you can see gals walking around as as underdressed as possible in that you know in that scenario Which, and then in this movie robert england really enjoys yes but yeah i just yeah. couldn't take any of it seriously and then ted levine i mean that that was the other thing is the emotional reactions to the characters are just so weird there's this one moment i, I that really made my laugh out loud moment was mm-hmm. ted levine first comes to the 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 um the laundromat after uh the first woman is killed takes a look at, you know, what's left, starts to get ill, goes running back out to his car. And he's followed by this woman who was right there when this happened. She's covered in blood. She hands him this bottle of pills that the dead woman was using, which are going to become a key plot point. And we're going to be reminded about those pills like 12 times, just so we absolutely don't forget that they're important. (laughs) And 
But then, he, you know, she's she's there, she's panicking, and she introduces herself, but she's clearly, you know, losing her mind. And he's he's just come off from nearly vomiting. And then and then he says, oh, my name's John Hutton. How you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. how is she doing? She's covered in blood. She just watched a woman get destroyed in this machine. And that's what you say. And it's like, mm-hmm. were you not thinking when you wrote this dialogue? And oh, man, the... Yeah, and then the goofy, the goofy woo-woo professor. It you know in the in the short story, the guy acts kind of like a you know a normal guy who starts to believe that this thing might actually be real, even though he knows how crazy it is. And instead, it's like this guy who's ready to believe anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. and then there's there's this other problem with they keep the part from the short story where the, the idea that it's very important about to find out what kind of demon possessed this thing. And, and they, you know, they imply that it's an accidental possession, but then at the same time, it's very clear. No, Robert England and the town fathers all know this thing is possessed and they've apparently been making sacrifices to it for quite some time now. So like, which is it? Mm-hmm. It's both. And it doesn't really make any sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, yeah, and I and and I've only admit that once ever they once they start breaking into the to the you know the wider mythos of the movie, I started to lose it. Like I was like, why can't we just keep this with a uh, a machine that kills people? I mean, demon possession, that's cool, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's but you you start to realize that they're trying to build this out because they don't have enough. They don't have enough yeah. story to go with, and so in the final, yeah, period, they're like, let's throw everything we can at it. Um, it's an hour longer than it needs to be, which it, is saying yeah. something. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's, I, it's I would be fine if it was fifty minutes. Step. Well, that's a little strong, Ian. I think it's the first thirty minutes are pretty. I'm showing restraint. <laughs> no, I, I I feel like that Key and Peele skit, like yeah. no, that that wasn't that wasn't funny. Like, it was kind of funny. No, it it wasn't funny at all. <laughs> like, eh, it was kind of funny. No. <laughs> uh, it's um, so the technical aspects of um, performance of script, because that's the thing. It's not even like, hmm, this is pretty uh, chintzy dialogue, but man, it is brought to life, you know, by these actors and actresses. Like, that does not happen. Like, diametrically opposite of that. It, it, this, this movie feels to me like watching Ted Levine, like in a, a dark period. Like, it's just candid footage of him, like, having a nervous breakdown and like he's just not in a good place well and, let's be honest he had just gotten off of playing the 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 serial killer in uh silence of the lambs so he would be like dark five years before that yeah but what else did he do i mean <laughs> my man my man has been another thing but you that's the thing i feel like i have insight like this man was hired for this movie because he has a weird voice like that is that's his selling point for this and it works we should get buffalo bill so he can so he can say (laughs) you're you're telling me there's a demon in the the laundry folder like that's someone thought dude that is gonna sell right um or maybe they didn't think that maybe they just thought what the hell else are we gonna do (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um he like the the police officer initiates like a three minute argument with the like delivery equivalents 
of the cops from last house on the left. So like, I just, I, I hate this immediately. Like there's this like slapstick buffoonery that is utterly out of place. And like, Hey, why don't you get out of the road? Then we'll talk about it. And, uh, it, it does not work. And then yes, you get at what is this mythology? Like this, <laughs> the, the sorry, Ian, your, your, your last attempt at doing the Ted Levine, uh, voice actually sounded more like Vincent D'Onofrio in men in black. Yeah, you're right. You're, right. That <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> I got a lot of mouths to feed. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, just the, the, it, it totally spirals out of control when it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a cabal of, you know, these devil worshipers and their, their laundry folder. Like, <laughs> it doesn't, it's so, unforgivably stupid. Yeah. There's just no subtlety. I mean, well, the, you know, the, 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 the virgin girl, I don't buy that. There's she is on screen story either. is screaming every <laughs> nanosecond of her screen presence is her screaming at someone or something. Yeah, that's fair. Even just in response to like, it's totally inappropriate to ask, like, mm. are you a virgin? But then she just goes back into history. I was like, get out! <laughs> what? Why are you asking me that? Yes, you know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and it doesn't. It doesn't lead anywhere. Is the thing. It's like it, it. Fine, have him ask the question in an inappropriate way. If it, if, if there's a payoff, but there really isn't. It's more like let's play this totally absurd question for laughs and then not do anything with the knowledge. Yes, I mean, I not, she, she doesn't answer the I question, but. No, I know. I, I, I know it worked for you, Blake, and, and I'm not trying to step on your way of looking at it. But yeah, just for me, it was I'm like, stepping. I, I'm, st- I'm stepping everywhere. This is a this is a bad movie, and bad people. Oh it's, no! It's the Salem's no, lot of please, movies. please hear me. It's a bad movie. There's no question about that. We we all agree that it's a bad movie. I just happen to get more enjoyment out of it than I did the story. I so I enjoyed the story more, and I'm I might be closer to you, Blake, as regards the story. Like if Night Shift, if a, if we were in the multiverse and we were in a universe where Night Shift existed without the Mangler, I think that that would be okay. But I I think that uh, the story succeeds where the movie doesn't, like Matt said, because there is an air of seriousness. There's an air of, I don't want to believe this is real, but like what something is going on and nothing else. There's no other story that fits what we have seen happening. And see, I think that's part of the problem I have with the story though, is that I think there's an air of seriousness, but it almost needs the full length of the like, 35 pages instead of 15 to mm-hmm. really build out that mm-hmm. air of seriousness, because I kind of view it. I kind of view the story as more of a, the problem of like, say uh, Tim Burton who likes to tread this line between like cutesy, but Gothic. And he can never quite like he can like the closest he's probably gotten is like a Batman returns as far as like melding, the Mm -hmm. the two together well Mm -hmm. um and he can't quite decide and and i feel like stephen king wants both but he can't quite decide what he wants does he want the shock of having a 
iron press be possessed or does he want the air of seriousness where this is like, oh, no, this is a thing that actually could happen. Uh, I just don't think they give enough time to the seriousness aspect of it Um, because it all feels very convenient. Like, yeah, 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 I I totally hear that. I, I think that I bring a charity to reading the story because I find the idea fascinating of um, the accidental possession, right? That, that um, regardless of any particular individual's intention, it, it, that it's almost like a law of nature. Like, look, if you have these elements together at the same time, it, it summons the demon, right? I, I find that fascinating, especially as someone who, I shouldn't have said as someone, <laughs> Because I don't buy that, but <laughs> I, um, I give credence to the idea of um, ideology being a possessive force, being a demonic force. That, like, like Steinbeck says about the bank and the grapes of wrath. Like the bank representatives are like, "Look, I, I don't want to do it. I don't like doing it." But bank says it's got to happen, and the bank isn't a thing, and yet is this thing that exceeds the the staff that work there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I would say that this is totally me, like reading into eisegeting the mangler, because I love that idea that mm-hmm. uh, again, no one tried to summon this thing to possess this device. It's just, if you do the thing, you follow the steps. If I, if I drop a brick, uh, near the accelerator of my car, like, I don't want the car to go, but it's going to go. And that, that's a very Looney Tunes example. Um, but yeah, but it, it's it's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I'd be happy to read the longer version of the story, but there's a part of me that thinks that yeah, if you there, there isn't enough to support a longer version, it's the length that needs to be because the the idea is used up in that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It the, explain the accidental possession, then explain the mistake when they think they can get rid of it, and in fact, it's going to make things worse, and. I don't need to see what happens afterwards. It's like, it's out, it's coming, we're all screwed. And that's where the story ends. It's like the, in the body, you know, when he, he has the pie eating contest and the, and the mm-hmm. friends are annoyed because they, they, they wanted that more of the story, like what happens next? And he's like, no, I don't want to tell you that part because it's not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the kid, the kid went yeah. home and his parents probably beat him up, you know, hit him really hard for, for acting that way. And he got in trouble and then his friends hated him more. And I didn't, you know, that's a terrible ending. So I didn't want to tell it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop while you're ahead before that. Yeah. And, and I think the problem with a lot of later King is he, he often doesn't stop. <laughs> right. So, so let me it tell you about longer the to get there and he <laughs> keeps going. Yeah. 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 I maybe but it's funny you mentioned Tim Burton because one of the yeah. things that did strike me watching the movie is the mangler physically looked like the mangler would look in a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that too I felt was completely inappropriate to <laughs> to what I thought the oh, story yeah. should have been. But and it, it's it's just one more way of setting the the totally inappropriate tone of the film. But oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well and perhaps part of part of my my difficulty with the mangler is and I, it's, I've read the, the Night Shift series a, a while back. I just read the four, like, four of the stories uh, for these recordings. So, but 
whenever you have these other stories and then you have the mangler, no piece of prose in the mangler sticks with me. Whereas in every other story I read or reread, hmm. like there are lines that I'm like, well, wait, wait, this is King. Like, right. yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Like, and the mangler feels like a Stephen King, like, and, and it's interesting all the ways that Stephen King ideas are interesting. It fails in the way all execution of King novels or in, in some short stories fail. Um, is because he, he can't quite get the right mixture. Um, I mean, it's a fascinating idea. Machines coming alive and in kind of a possession kind of way, but eh, there's just not enough going on to really bring that out and to really make my imagination like roll with it. Instead, I kind of just want shock and I didn't get it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the movie delivered it in spades. Yeah. Uh, uh, while not being a good movie (laughs) and and i think that like this is not the one thing that annoyed me because i i think that i i I still remember you blake years ago saying that every decision someone made was the wrong decision and i think it was like the director of hocus pocus i can't remember what movie we were talking about but you said every decision he makes is the wrong decision (laughs) (laughs) And I, I like, it is sad to me that this is a Toby Hooper movie. Uh, yeah, I really wanted to like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I have plenty of goodwill to, you know, funnel towards this man. But then I just don't see any evidence of, like, the guy that, like, changed horror film. Um, and it's not like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the only thing that he did. But, like, he, he did interesting things since then. I just don't see any of the prowess or even like it feels phoned in to me. Like, like I yeah. don't see any like yeah. kind of transcending of like, Hey, this is, this is a dumb concept, but to hell with it. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to flex mm-hmm. and do what I do to give this some spark of life. And to be completely honest, yeah, to be completely honest, I'm actually not a huge Toby Hooper fan, not because I don't think he's a good director. I think he has it in him clearly because of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but most of his films are not good. <laughs> like, I think the, I think the one movie I would say outside of your TCM like world is spontaneous combustion. And it was largely unknown until about <laughs> a few years back when it was really redone and like remastered um, where the guy starts lighting, himself, lighting on fire. Um, a torch, I mean, that's, that one. yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's most of the stuff, like you don't see, you don't get the same urgency, the same kind of hunger that you get with Texas Chainsaw Massacre on any of his other films. Com- I like, completely agree. Yeah. yeah. It, I think Toby Hooper for me is like the, a more palatable uh sam raimi for me (laughs) (laughs) you just had to bring that up didn't you you just already mentioned raimi or or maybe matt did but i i heard i heard those two words together so um (laughs) well i said i said ted raimi by accident i meant sam raimi yeah okay yeah 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 um no it's it's not that he's he's a genius and i don't see any of that here it's just it's just like 
even when his stuff does not succeed, I can tell there's this person with a style who's trying to do something with what he's given, right? Mm -hmm. That is what I don't see any evidence of whatsoever in this movie. Um, And then again, the the kind of technical aspects aside, like one one of the things that really frustrates me um, thematically is that, yeah, the laundromat is supposed to be this like microcosm of, you know, capitalism. Right. But the way that um, by, by having Robert England be the villain behind the villain, right. It, the, the movie does not serve as an ideology critique. It serves ideological interest because it moves the evil back, you know, so not the, the mangle itself, but the, the cartoonishly evil boss, you know, who willfully inflicts suffering and, degradation upon his inferiors because then that tells us like you know it really all this could be okay it's this guy it's this guy who's the problem it's crony (laughs) capitalism that's the problem you know it's it's not (laughs) these working conditions could be just fine right this is this is fixable we got to get rid of this guy whereas like if it was the mangler that simply was accidentally chewing everyone up that would reinforce that no, like the machinery of modern life eats us. <laughs> and then there's an interesting story because then you have the reincarnation of a Luddite who finds a way to break apart the machinery of capitalism mm-hmm. by exercising the demon. So much, so much smarter than the movie that we actually got. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and perhaps a story that would work better would be one where we don't have um, the English professor floating like, look, hear me out, hear me out. It might be a demon where, like, hear me, it is a demon possessing the mangle, but no one knows it, right? It is the sheer chance interactions of these ingredients of a, a spell. Wait, are you saying that, that the demon is the analog for capitalism? I would never say that. <laughs> but, but just that no one can, can see it for what it is because it's yeah. too crazy to consider. It is what's happening. But mm-hmm. at, the, at the level of the story, the characters never actually uncover what it is. Now you're, now you're talking about a Boots Riley movie, and I would like to see this. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. I'll, I'll see that twice before <laughs> Matt, I told Blake the other night that the one time I saw the mangler in my life before I had said, man, I'm never going to watch that again, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry. I'll never watch it again either. I can sleep a little better at night hearing you say that. But if someone offered me the choice between reading it and watching the movie, I'm probably going to choose the movie. <laughs> Man. But but you can read it in like ten minutes. Exactly. It's, it's the movie but, the movie takes but, an hour. <laughs> but I can stop the movie at about forty five minutes, and it's already a better film. Oh, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm stopping. I'm not gonna. <laughs> what you want us to bless this this choice? <laughs> like, no, this is not forthcoming, Blake. <laughs> <sighs> that's how I feel well, too after the mango. 
<laughs> so there apparently was a sequel, and I, I was yeah, Mangler Two: The Reborn or something like that. Mangler Reborn or something like that. That's that's For, the second sequel that reboots it. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I, I, there was a point where for three seconds before I watched, rewatched the Mangler, I thought, ah, maybe I'll, if I have time, I'll watch the sequel. And I was like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so. Although it does have Lance Hendricks in it, so it might be better. Oh, man. Another, mm. <laughs> like someone else that I want to think highly of, but just like keep signing on for really bad hey, just, choices. Just, just remember, just remember that he did Pumpkinhead and feel better about it. No, that makes it feel worse. Like how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Like what is Bishop doing here? You know, that ain't right. Well, I mean, in fairness, they didn't they probably didn't pay him enough that he could just retire on Bishop. So yeah. Yeah. You, no, char- character actors gotta work, but boy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 interesting that you just made that that comment about that it, right? I feel like we should do some that. <laughs> yes. yes. Sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> we so this is the segment where we talk about anything from the story, but probably more than likely the movie, let's be honest, where yes. something happened and it made us go, man, that ain't right. So Matt, give us yours. Well, I, I already gave you mine for the movie. It was it was Ted Levine saying this woman covered in blood. Oh, how do you do? <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, but from the story, I mean, obviously that you could do a, everything about the Mangler is in that category. But I have to, I have to say, the yeah. thing that kind of stuck with me was the in the story was the the backstory about the refrigerator that mm. the guy, you know, it, the, the guy raising the possibility of you know, inanimate objects getting possessed, and he talks about this this refrigerator that um it killed a dog and then you know they took it to the town dump to get rid of it and and later they found a kid inside who you know and and was the kid that everybody said was smart enough to know not to play around in an old refrigerator so Mm -hmm. um and that that always creeped me out and that was a thing that i think king used that in a couple of other stories as well which always made me wonder whether he was basing it off an actual incident that he'd heard about in his life or that he you know that he actually Mm -hmm. knew that that had happened to so and of course again the movie just completely takes that subtle, creepy thing and beats you over the head with it. Beats over the literally, literally yeah, beats right. you over the head with it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, right. Yeah, drops it on Ted Levine. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you think that 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 refrigerator is the same one that swallowed uh, Indiana Jones in the last film? Uh, oh, oh, and that. Uh, <laughs> In in the uh, yeah the one that he the one that he uses to survive the nuclear explosion yeah, because yeah yes. do, do you think that was the same one? Ice boxes have legs. Serious question. Well, you know he wouldn't have gotten out of it if it was the same one. I guess that's true. That's fair. That's not possible because there is no fourth Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> A bold statement, but true. <laughs> uh, Ian, what's your that air right? I don't know where to begin. 
you can just say 1995's Mangler, directed Toby by Hooper. Toby Hooper. Toby that Hooper finishing right. the phone call saying, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, I, I think one that ain't right that really sticks out to me is Lynn Sue looking at Gartley and asking him if he wants to accompany her as she bathes and ugh. like, and I know that's the reaction I'm supposed to have, but still, that's a that's a heavy dose of that ain't right. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. And then yeah. when she turns evil, of course, she immediately dresses in black to let you know she's turned evil <laughs> and changes her hairstyle. Yeah. yeah so there's yeah. like, okay, she's bad. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, I think my key that ain't right. The character himself is largely fine, even though his prosthetic makeup isn't great. And no, I'm not talking about England. Weatherman. Uh, no, 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 no. Picture man. I think Sorry, the simple fact, man. I think the fact that there is a character called JJJ Picherman. <laughs> yes. Is that actually that his name? Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's that how is... he signs the letter too. Definitely yeah. not right. J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> Picture Man. Oh, oh we're talking yeah. about a pretty pretty solid actor. Jeremy Crutchley plays JJJ Picture Man. Yes. Who get this? Takes pictures. And gives some s- sort of sage advice towards the end of the movie. Sort of, yeah. Sufficiently Before, delayed. Yeah, sage sufficiently advice. delayed. But he's always kind of creepy at the same time. Yes. And like, yeah, that, that makeup is so, um, I will say it worked better than England. Okay. I'd agree, but that's not like much of a, <laughs> that's a that's flex. Like, uh, Low bar. It's just like, why, why did you yeah. do that instead yeah. of hiring some octogenarian? Well, because, <laughs> because something is eating him from the inside out. As he said, it, he has to look na- bad. He has to look, in the words of my son, nasty. <laughs> but I mean, the makeup, just to me, it just was like you were trying to make him look old, and you could have a young mm-hmm. man die of cancer, you know? It's not that. It's true. It's true. True story. And how it's about just, that death scene? How about that totally over the top? That, no. <laughs> very Raimi moments. Like, yep. don't forget. Blah, and then just exorcist <laughs> blood and vomit everywhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just uh, another yeah. another win for subtlety in this movie. It's the, it's the quiet moments that really impress. <laughs> <laughs> wait, there's a, wait, there's there a quiet, quiet moments. <laughs> I don't I don't think that there was a quiet stretch of like two seconds in this movie because Ted Levine is either shouting or that the the virginal character is screaming. Robert England is yelling. Uh, there's always but someone yelling is, and trying to walk with his robot yeah. legs. <laughs> yes. Or that one time he's dancing the jig while somebody's yeah, exactly. the mangler. Oh my gosh! Yes, like that. That is what really moves us into buffoonery. You know, when it's yeah. not just because look, even the mayor in Amity is like, oh my god! Like we <laughs> after after the last shark attack. On the fourth of yeah. July, he's like, "We something has to be done, right?" He doesn't go like, "I don't give a damn," and then start doing a jig <laughs> like yeah. in front of Brody, right? 
And yeah. Th- this no, clown he's acting does. like a real guy. He realized, oh, I, I, you know, I hope this wouldn't get worse. And now I'm, my life is ruined. And yeah. Yeah. But he, he acts like a real person would in that situation, a real bad guy, but still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Freddy Krueger is just like, no, here's the thing. I love this kind of stuff. Like, come on. <laughs> no, don't chop his arm off. Take the whole thing. I've been waiting for this. Like, we've, we've all got to make sacrifices. Right, right. <laughs> Get out of here. <sighs> I just, that's it. That's why you love this movie, Blake. You're a dad. And it's a dad <laughs> maybe so. movie. Maybe so. Maybe it's, movie. maybe it's, maybe I've, and, and to be honest, I watched it, I watched it today, like 30 minutes at launch. And then the rest of it this evening before we recorded after a week of a child waking up in the middle of the night, every single night, maybe that is why I like this movie as much as I did. Because I was, I was mildly hallucinating. Right. Exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Not in full (laughs) possession of your faculties. Because you're a good father. Is it because I'm possessed? Uh Oh, have you had any (laughs) Belladonna recently? Any nightshade? Uh, no. Did you drink I mean, any unless, of Seamus's blood? No. Well, I can say for sure that. Okay. <laughs> but if Donna just apparently shows up in like Tums and stuff, then <laughs> yeah, maybe, right. Who's, who saw that coming? Like, yeah. <laughs> I like, I love that Mark. I don't love it. I don't know why I said that. But like when the antacids are offered to him, he's like, I don't do drugs, but okay. Like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't believe any of these people. Not, not just yeah. what they say, but like that they exist. That, that I'm yeah. expected to give any suspension of disbelief whatsoever to a single one of these supposed people. <laughs> I, I felt watching the Mangler like Ted Levine struggling with his coat stuck in the door of his car. Who doesn't? Who doesn't open the door? He just keeps yanking it until it rips. Well, oh, that was another. That was another yes. hilarious yeah. moment. That what, what also got yeah. a laugh out of me when he, he he's his his coat gets caught in the mangler. Yes. and he shoots. And he's shooting he, it. Yes. He's not. <laughs> first, I thought, oh, is he going to shoot at the mangler? No, he's shooting at his coat to try to yes. cut the fabric with the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, use what you got, I guess. You, you take your coat off is what you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, let but me you draw don't, my, you let don't me draw my gun. His wife gave him that coat and his wife died. Don't try to John Wick this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Now, John Wick was a puppy. That's, I mean, no one kills a puppy and gets away with it. No, no. John Wick versus the Mangler. Now, there you go. That would be, I would watch that. <laughs> that would just be a lot of ricochet. You kind of have to. (laughs) (laughs) And then expand the story. Like the worldwide assassin cabal, who's their top guy? The Mangler. And the Mangler is played by Jason Statham. (laughs) That would be an interesting twist. Like, yeah, John Wick gets knocked out. Then he has like this vision while he's like unconscious. And then, yeah, Jason Jason Statham. Statham. Jason Statham in the same robot legs that Robert Englund has himself. But he's like the avatar of the mangler, like on the, exactly. I don't know, like when he dances the spiritual jig, plane. The mangler dances a jig, <laughs> right? 
Oi, you're going to get up and fight me or what? That would be great. <laughs> I'll be there opening night. All, all better films than what we All better watched. films than the movie. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's like the, the possibilities are em- endless for how to make a better Mangler movie. Yeah. than what we just yeah. had to subject ourselves to. Matter of fact, there's even a chance that Mangler Reborn is a better film. Just I almost that. let's let's not get crazy. <laughs> yeah, let's not get crazy. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown and now I feel <laughs> obligated to investigate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well Reed, if you're still listening, this is what we're going to be talking about next year. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, is there anything else that y'all wanted to say about the story and or movie? Please, God, no. I, I think we've reached one of those beautiful moments of silence. It's 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 called one of those an quiet moments. <laughs> We're having our uh the body moment. We're like, no, I don't want to go into anything else. That's that's it. That's the yeah. story I wanted yeah. to tell. Yeah, that's the story. And we're sticking to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody. Yeah, so uh, our shift is once again officially over. It's time for us to clock out so that our solid replacements can take over for us. This is a double shift. I got to get some sleep. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sad because really, if we just got rid of the boss, it would solve all of our problems. Mm. Just the boss. No one else. I mean, Love the, that call the system works. The Everything system works. else is fine. It's just this the is one fine. guy. <laughs> yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch y'all again sometime, some night, real soon. When maybe. you least expect it. <laughs> yeah. There will be. And when we're ironing your clothes. <laughs> so, uh, take care until then, and we'll see y'all. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ending on a threat. <laughs> you might as well say lock your doors you know <laughs> <laughs> hide your kids hide your wife <laughs> hey you <laughs> You okay, buddy? Are you gonna are you gonna make it? You just you are really just kind of yeah. the, the gastrointestinal stuff does not a thing a good thing. No. Man. It reminds <laughs> me of when you reminds me of when you drove that girl to the airport or tried to meet her at the airport. What oh my story? god! No, I drove her. She drove then, me to the airport. Did she drove and you. Then, That's even worse. And then when you like barfed on stage at church, like oh that was, my god, that wasn't oh on stage. God. It was back, it was out in the parking lot. Oh, it was on but, someone else. You have it was not it was not on anybody. You have now reminded. Are you going to be okay though? Like you're struggling. Listen, it's 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 now becoming clear to me just how frequently I speak about stomach issues on this show. Yeah, that's okay. Feel self conscious about that. Yeah, but I'll be fine after I sleep it off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, will I see you next week? I mean, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't miss it. It's all toy soldiers and mutations next week. Oh yeah. A little GI Joe. Oh my God. That is not right. Yeah, exactly. It ain't, it ain't something like that. Oh crap. You know what I forgot? Hmm. I forgot to clock out. Oh, you, I mean, you can do it from home now.
Oh, that's right. Yeah, they've yeah, got an app yeah. for that. They've Just rolled it out. That. Okay, yeah. hang on. All right, here we go. All right, so here we go. And uh, okay, yeah, here we go. Uh, uh-huh. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the end of the conversation. So, you know, fear nothing else. Beyond your rejoicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I did it. All right, you did it. Done. Done. That's it. I'll see you. I'll see you next week. out. I forgot to also. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork. Our assortment of talented musicians, Andrew Nelson, the Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.